This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. With 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by iGrill. The iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that allows you to monitor the temperature of your food and smoker or grill from up to 200 feet away. Using the free iGrill app for your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, you can set preferred temperatures, and your smart device will alert you when it's ready. It's perfect for cooking steaks to perfection or low and slow smokers overnight. Head to iGrillInc, that's the letter I, grillinc.com to learn more. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets, the barbecue wood pellet choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. The perfect blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood gives you that right BTU burn and flavor that you're looking to get all over your meat with smoky goodness. Visit BBQRSDelight.com. And by Arno Smokers, a custom pit builder using innovation and art in each of their cutting-edge offset and vault-style barbecue pits. Located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth, Granberry has been the home to Arno Smokers since the beginning. Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning both on the design level and the quality of craftsmanship to bring their customers the finest custom pits on the market. Please get in contact with Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E underscore R-O-Smokers at Yahoo.com or Tony at Tony underscore R-O-Smokers at Yahoo.com or visit their main website, R, the letter N, the letter O, R-N-O, Smokers.com. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you're really going to love, cooking with pellets. Green Mountain Grills are widely available across the country. Top-of-the-line manufacturing, but not the highest in price. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to get started on your pellet adventure today. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
All right. Good evening and welcome back to the really big Barbecue Central show. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct. From the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. First one of the year, gang. How about it? Let's get it on. Got to get it on. Got no choice but to get it on. You want to jump in on the show tonight, you can do so. One of two different ways. It's a toll-free phone call, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you would like, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you did not get the newsletter. By the way, everything else you want to know about the show can be found at the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, there was a regular occurring segment on the uh, now-defunct Wednesday show. But on Tuesday, he's here once a month as well, the first Tuesday of each and every month. Ask Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy rejoins me. And then uh, around 9.35, the creator of the Outdoor Cooking Channel, Kevin Bevington, is back. And uh, we will be talking about all the good stuff that uh, FBA has to offer and how that Team of the Year thing shook out at the end of the year last year. And uh, we were having quite a lively exchange a couple weeks ago about that whole thing. You would remember that Jim Elser uh, finished ahead of the other two people in the overall, but um, one of them over came his lead in the uh, overall team of the year standings and uh, took uh, took the overall championship. I didn't really understand that, and you know, I gave my uh, general take on how can a team finish ahead of two teams but still on a team of the year, blah, blah, blah. So uh, we got into it a little bit in a good way, in a challenging way, uh, over the emails, and I said, you know what, let's save it. Let's get on the air first show of the year and let's have at it and see what goes on. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we're going to do it at 935. And then we'll move in the second hour. Uh, joining me, two first-timers to this show, Backyarders, uh, the grand champ and the reserve grand champ of the Slap Yo Daddy uh, Harry Sue's Backyarder event. It's uh, Outlaw Barbecue and Rooster Q. Joining me, that would be Steve Botkin, of Outlaw and Taylor Jonathan and Kevin Schallert from Rooster Q. So we do give a lot of attention to what some would call the pros of the circuit, if you will. And uh, this will definitely give us a little bit more of a taste uh, on the backyard side of things. And uh, looking forward to talking with those guys. And then helping me round out the show. Out of the bullpen, as it were... Keith Hall Pork Barrel Barbecue is in. In and what perhaps some would say a very controversial list that Pork Barrel Barbecue put up at the end of the year, pretty much rolling through the majority of December. The 2013 25 most influential people in barbecue. By and large, people debating and giving their two cents on who should have been on it and who shouldn't have been on it and when mistake. The list was great up until this guy and, oh, you had me up until then. This list is bullcrap now. 
so on and so forth. And I said, hey, Heath, you've been generating a lot of controversy as usual. Why not to close it out strong in a strong fashion in 2014 in the first show? Come on, let's talk about it, and we'll look at some people's comments, and I'll get some insight from you as to how you and Brent put this list together and what your thought was. And he's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do that thing. So huge show planned for the first one right out of the gate. Heath Hall at 1035. Uh, Steve Botkin. Uh... Kevin Schallert, Taylor Jonathan from uh, Outlaw Barbecue and Rooster Q, respectively. And at 9.35, Kevin Bevington, 9.14, Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Plus your phone calls and emails. And, of course, we have two giveaways at some point tonight as well. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. The two bits of contact information in case you want to jump in with me. Uh, make your Facebook post right now. Let everybody know the show's on. You get in the uh, uh, audio feed at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, which just showed up on my uh, ticker right there. And then, obviously, you can get the video at outdoorcookingchannel.com. If you have Roku, out, uh, download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app, get it there as well. And, of course, a myriad of replay opportunities. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can go to YouTube. You can go to Outdoor Cooking Channel, of course, the main website, all that great stuff. So, uh, and don't forget, you can get the meat, your barbecue meats from me right at the uh, Barbecue Central Meat Show. Big announcement. You heard it here first. First show of 2014 in the new Barbecue Central Radio Network studio. Finally, we have come back. Finally, we have come back to the old, well, now the new, the old in in a very new way. Uh, but the new confines of the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios. This is the first time that we have broadcast from this basement, although for the last seven weeks we were broadcasting live and direct from the uh, basement of Amy and Ed Levon's house of the Wycliffe Levon's, which I owe them dear, allowing me to do that show uh, while the house was in transition. Uh, but we are now in the basement as you, uh, as you would know. And really, you wouldn't know if I was doing the show from a basement or high atop the stolen police recovery network building in the middle of the street because I got the green screen thing working. Um, but uh, let me see here. Did I screw? Yeah, okay, I screwed that all up. Well, first of all, that's a different camera angle, but I got to get this shot ready for a little bit later in the show. Perfect. So take it from me. It's new show. We're here. Uh, well, not a new show, but it's a new studio. So you know, f- I can't wait for somebody to finally come in. Uh, well, finally. For somebody to come in and experience the new studio, there's uh, plenty of room here. And uh, boy, am I uh, just overjoyed to be back at my own house. And although I, again, appreciate the fact that I was able to do the show at somebody else's house in the meantime, being able to end the show and just go right up to bed instead of making a car trip, gravy in my book. So first show in. It's all good. It's 2014. Hope everybody had a great Christmas, New Year's, and so forth, and you're ready for a great year of barbecue shows. Let me tell you who's not ready for a great year of barbecue shows. That would be a barbecue in Jacksonville, Florida. that can kill you. For instance, early Sunday, 
A man who police were told had been beaten in the head with a baseball bat was found conscious but unable to speak and rolling on the floor at his house at the 11,000th block of North Santa Fe Street on the south side. Another man at the house, when police arrived shortly after midnight, told them Joshua Andrew Hines, 31, who was taken to the hospital but soon died from the injuries, had invited guests over to watch Saturday football playoffs. Playoffs? Obviously not in Cleveland. Late in the night, after most of the other guests had gone, Hines and another man began arguing over the cutting, the proper cutting of barbecue. The witness said he tried to calm the dispute down, then turned away when he looked back after hearing a noise. The other man, who was identified as Chico, of course, was holding a baseball bat that normally was propped at the front of the door, and Hines was on the floor. Sorry. Look, if it's one thing I know that you don't want to talk about, religion, politics, and how to cut barbecue, never do that. Perhaps not necessarily in that order. Perhaps you'd never want to talk about how to cut barbecue properly first. And then, you know, religion, politics, whatever. But those who know, and it should be fair warrant in advance, don't talk how to cut barbecue with other people unless you are ready to take Louisville sluggers to the melon and die. And die. If you, I know some of you are, but if some of you are ready to stake your very lives on the proper cutting of barbecue, well, you might want to move down to Jacksonville and start up a little bit. Dr. Barbecue coming up out of the break. Uh, gang, if you missed out on the holiday season savings, you are now in the proverbial doghouse because you screwed it all up again. Luckily for you, merely six days after the beginning of the new year, Stephen DeFranco is still here to help, still here to make sure that uh, while you missed some really big days the last couple weeks, you can still have time to turn it around. First of all, visit his website, stephendefranco.com. That's Stephen, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, stephendefranco.com. And then peruse the inventory. Of course, you know Steve is a watchaholic. I've bought and purchased two of my watches from Steve directly. The Bolova Accutron, the Bolova Precisionist. One is uh, the very high end of the high end. The other one is the most accurate watch ever on the face of the earth. And you can peruse the whole inventory right there. Now, once you've found what you like, do me this favor. Call in directly. 440-943-2700. That's 440 440- Nine four three two seven zero zero, and uh, once you make that call and ask for Steve, if he doesn't answer directly, Steve is the owner of the store. He's not a sales guy. He's not somebody who's going to say, "Let me go ask the manager." He owns. He makes final decisions. You've reached the decision maker. Say, hey Steve, I listen to the show all the time. Reppy's always talking about how I should call you. You have great quality. You're not going to oversell me on anything. And that, hey, you're the guy. Plus, you're going to hook me up with a great price. And then let him take over from there. He's going to ask you questions along the way. He's going to offer you maybe free engraving on the watch. Of course, you have the free gift wrapping, the batteries for life. He'll set it to whatever time zone you're in. As a sense, of course, shipping always free on all items. Maybe you're looking for rings or chains or necklaces, anklets, uh, artisan wood bowls, Venetian glass jewelry, the Pandora-style bracelets, all there at Stephen DeFranco's. Again, stephendefranco.com. 
Stephen D.I., StephenDeFranco.com, and call 440-943-2700. All right, we're back with Ask a Dr. Barbecue right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. From the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. back 877-448-0433 greg at the bbq central show.com uh, email in from john dawson congrats on the new palatial bcrn studio thank you i appreciate that of course i'll have to get my reciprocal concealed carry permits first in order to swing by john get it you're not going to be sorry you won't be sorry that you did I swear. All right, let me make sure that I have my proper items here. And uh, oh, jeez! Right, hold on a second. I almost screwed. Almost screwed up right away. Nobody's going to be able to hear Doctor Barbecue if I don't do that right. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get this thing going right now. Have you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business? Hey, Looking to get an expert's point of view? Why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. Uh, that's right. It is Dr. Barbecue time, ladies and gentlemen. Ray, how are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How about yourself? Doing absolutely fabulous, Ray. Happy New Year to you. Hopefully we're finding you in uh, good tidings and spirits. I'm very good. I've got a little free time coming up and a little vacation. Finished up the last of last year's work yesterday, so all is well. All right. Um, there was a, if I'm not mistaken, you were doing that big promotion with... Um, the website that I was very long in nature, and I'm not going to remember what, what was Cookoff it. Cookoffbeforekickoff dot com. That's right, Cookoffbeforekickoff. So, how did that end up going for you, Ray? It was great. We actually finished it up uh, Sunday. We were out in Pasadena for the BCS championship game. Uh, it was great. I mean, we we gave away more. We were giving away Coke Zeros and samples. We did 125 recipes and came down to the Auburn recipe, which was a pimento cheese stuffed jalapeno wrapped in bacon. Oh. 
and a M&M quesadilla, cream cheese smeared on a flour tortilla, bunch of M&Ms in there and grilled. And everybody that came up tried the two samples. Uh, every now and then we'd sit somebody down and, and judge it, and we had a blast with it. It was really a lot of fun. Which uh, which one ended up taking it? The the pimento cheese stuffed jalapeno wrapped in bacon was oh, the big winner this wow. week. Mag. That sounds like it would go very tasty with a brewski or five. Yeah, that was the Auburn recipe, though. No, actually, it went much better with a Coke Zero, Greg. No, oh, yes, I'm sorry. Coke Zero, of course. <laughs> well placed, well placed. Um, you know, Ray, a number of different things that we're going to be hitting on tonight. The first thing I wanted to get your opinion on, because I've actually been fielding a lot of emails from people asking me to take a look at their barbecue pitmaster submission videos, and uh, there's a new season that's going to be out there. Have you ever given thought to getting on that version of the show? I mean, I know many lifetimes ago that was a different story, but as it sits currently in the, in the format that it is, have you ever thought about uh, getting on that bad boy? I was thinking about it today because you told me you were going to ask me that. But <laughs> I, you know, no, I, I'm not going to make a video. I mean, they, you know, they know where I am. They, they've got enough video of me. I always joke that they call me every time they want Myron to cook. Um but, I, oh, gosh, I don't know. They, like I said, they know where I am. I, I, I was on the original ones way back in the day. And um, I actually was – I had a contract for the first season of Pitmasters. And it was just kind of restrictive. And I was doing Tailgate Warriors, and I just couldn't do it. And I just have never reconnected with him. I talked to John all the time. And, and of course, we did that CBS show that became Pitmasters, where I was a judge, but technically not Pitmasters. I did smoke this year where Mo and Myron were cooking, but technically not pitmasters. So I probably won't be sending in a video though. However, I was thinking about it. Since we were, I was thinking about it. I was thinking if they wanted to do a old timers version, um, I'd probably be interested in doing it. <laughs> Have you already progressed to the old timers uh, game of barbecue, right? Well, no, I, I hate to admit that actually, but I just thought that would be fun to grab a couple guys that don't cook all the time anymore that, it might be fun to drag some of us out of the retirement. But I'm not technically retired. I'm actually going to cook Lakeland with Fast Eddie in a couple of weeks. I'm not retired at all. Is is the TV landscape potentially becoming uh, a little diluted with similar style barbecue shows? Well, not so much the shows. Um, I think like Danielle's show is definitely different. It's got a whole different feel to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we did smoked, I mean, that sure looked like pitmasters to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's enough room for it. What, what What really bothers me is the. I'd like to see somehow the cooking be a little more diverse. I'd like to see an episode where nobody puts fake butter on their ribs and claims to have invented it, or or that that was their secret. Uh, I, I'd like to somehow see a little bit more diverse and creative cooking. I, I realize that's what wins in the contest world, and I understand all that. And frankly, I might get blamed for creating some of it. But but I, I wish they would somehow we could get the guys to do something a little different on TV. Perhaps the fault should be placed more on, dare I say, the judge than the cook because you're obviously preparing the meat that you're cooking in competition for somebody else to taste it. A lot of these guys would sit here and tell you that what they're preparing in competition in no way reflects what they would make in the backyard. So maybe we need to eliminate the judges that are used to competition barbecue and bring in seasoned culinary palates, but not necessarily related to competition barbecue winning flavor profiles as they sit right now. Yeah. You know, it's been a long road that created this, uh, I was in California the other day and had 
dinner with Jeffrey Saad. You know, remember Jeffrey from Next Food Network star. And uh, he said, what's it like to see this all growing up around you? You've been doing it for so long. And, and he's right. And I have been. And I remember the days when we would show up with some meat and, and cook it and hope for the best. And and then guys started to manipulate the judging. And, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I Again, I, I certainly was part of that. Uh, it's come so far and little by little we chipped away at the judges let's even just talk about chicken thighs yeah. you know i we we didn't always cook chicken thighs we used to cook all whole chickens chicken parts wings legs thighs whatever little by little it became just thighs and i'm not saying that a thigh isn't the best part but little by little that became the norm now a judge gosh how many judges have been certified since all we serve is thighs i, I mean thousands of them They've never seen anything legitimately turned in except the thigh. So it just became the norm. And I don't know how you stop it. I, I, you know, I agree with you. I think if the judges didn't reward those sweet ribs with blues hog on them and everybody wouldn't keep turning them in. I'm not saying they're not good. I just, I don't know what you can do. I, I see Sterling's got that new contest, uh, the guinea pig contest where yeah. he's going to give everybody to meet. I think it's a really good idea. And I think it's a cool idea. I don't, but I would like to see everybody go a step further. So let's say, um, let's say you can't bring any rubs. There's a, you, there's a, a pantry full of spices. You got to make your own rub. Um, I'd love to see something like that. You know, that's how it used to be. When I started, I was one of the first guys that actually sold rub because we all just made our own. And I, I'd like, I don't know how you can do it though. I mean, it's, it's hard to say that what they're doing is wrong. It just disappoints me that there's so little creativity. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. We're doing our uh, now monthly Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Uh, the website, if you want to go to uh, and uh, submit a question to us, askdrbbq.com, or if you just want to visit Ray's site to catch up on what he's doing, uh, drbbq.com. Ray, let me ask you something here. And, you know, obviously you know a lot about products. You've seen a billion things come and go over the years in relation to the industry of barbecue. And I was watching Shark Tank about a month or so ago, and there's a guy who's actually from this neck of the woods, Al Bubba Baker. He played uh, many years for the Detroit Tigers before he ended his career here in Cleveland. The Lions, with right. the Bron- or, Yes, I'm sorry, the Lions, whatever. Uh, I'm a Browns fan, and that's it, uh, which has been painful. But uh, he ended his career here in Cleveland, and he has actually patented, he holds a patent for boneless baby back ribs and i believe they're technically termed uh, back rib steak but as someone who has seen as i said a lot of different products go through the barbecue market do you think that if baby back ribs would have the bones taken out of them that more people would decide to eat them or do you think that and and look let's be honest two sharks were battling over his product when it was all said and done and he did end up making a deal but more are people gonna eat more ribs because there's no bones you know, they might, man. I, I looked at that video today. I couldn't find the actual episode, but there's a promo video from Bubba Baker and his daughter basically laying out what they were going to say to the shark. So I got, I think I got the gist of what the deal was. It's a pretty cool product. You got to, in a world of people who like to buy stuff and microwave it, I'm going to tell you that's, it looked like it'd be pretty good. I, I, you know, there's no bones in it. If you saw how they served it, they had some cut into like strips, like ribs. They had some cut into chunks, like a, putting a toothpick in it. Uh, one, like a half of that hunk was on a sandwich. Hell, I sure wanted to eat that. And one you would eat with a knife and fork. I thought it was cool, man. I I, I was really kind of surprised. I, but I got to tell you, we did the cookoff before kickoff thing. We were in, 
I don't even remember. And ribs was one of our categories in Atlanta. And Z-Man, John Ziegler from Arizona or from uh, Louisiana, he did that. He took a slab of spare ribs, cut all, took all the bones out of it, and then cut it in chunks so we could sample out ribs to hundreds of people. So I hope he didn't violate that guy's patent. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and he wouldn't go into detail during – because everybody, of course, all the sharks wanted to know, well, how are you getting the bones out of the back ribs that you're using? And evidently that's where the whole patent comes in. I mean, obviously he doesn't hold the patent on uh, – baby back ribs that would be ridiculous but right. whatever his process is i mean have you seen attempts at removing bones and, and marketing boneless ribs before and we're not talking about the mcrib here but actual boneless back ribs no the only time i've ever seen it done i've seen uh restaurants take like yesterday's ribs take the bones out and cut the meat into strips and put it on a sandwich so serve like a real rib sandwich uh and I've seen guys do it on the internet, you know, to make a big rib sandwich. I think Phil from uh, the brother and barbecue brother made took a, a whole slab, took all the bones out and put it on a giant hoagie roll and made a sandwich. I've seen guys goofing around it, but I've never seen it in in a business like that. Um, I, I mean, I think everybody will. I I can't imagine what his patent is, how he could tell people they can't take the bones out of the rib before they serve it. So I think I think it'll spread. I think you'll see it. Uh, I've not seen it before in a restaurant, but I think it will catch on. And, you know, the other thing you got to think about, we've got those giant slabs of back ribs now. The restaurants don't want any part of those things. You know, they want to give you a whole slab that weighs one and a quarter pounds. You go to Sam's Club, you're getting a three, three and a half pound slab of ribs. It's sort of a practical way to cut that thing into four pieces. I also don't want three bones, but three bones, as you know, on one of them things is a, a pound and a half hunk of ribs. Um, it's a pretty good way to make that gigantic slab into a whole bunch of servings. Uh, so I really think from a, a business point of view, I think it's a pretty cool idea. And yes, I do think people will buy it. Um, it's still going to cost a whole lot more than one of them nasty patties, though. And that's going to be the problem, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, that kind of uh, dovetails nicely into my next question. We're talking with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. And this is one that I've actually wanted to ask you about probably for the last uh, month or two months, which is... There seems to be, especially over this past year, a lot of fast food chains jumping into the barbecue scene, offering such succulent treats as the McRib, as I'd mentioned before, uh, various pulled pork sandwich variations, and of course, uh, that newest one that Arby's came out with this summer, which was the Smokehouse Brisket Sandwich. Uh, I guess, first things first, which of any of those have you tried? Uh what what's good and what's passable and what should go and die and and I guess what are your thoughts on the business model at hand for these fast food chains trying to introduce the barbecue? Well, I think trying to introduce barbecue is really a good thing. I think we should all be proud of that that it has come that far that that Burger King really sees it as a legit category and has jumped in in a big way. Uh, um, Arby's as well and, and our friend is actually in the commercial. I could, how much of it have I tried? Well, I've always eaten McRibs. I do like them. I probably claim to like them more than I actually do. But oh. but just for the sake of argument, I will I will go on the side of rib, McRibs are good. Um, Burger King, <laughs> earlier this year, I had a contract on my desk to do a small project as the spokesman for the Burger King first wave of barbecue sandwiches. So I went over to the local Burger King and figured I better eat this stuff and see what it's like. And it, man, it was bad. It, the the pulled pork sandwich was so sweet. Have you eaten one of those things? No, never. It was so sweet. It was like I couldn't eat it. It, it was so, 
And then I ate a burger with, with barbecue sauce on it or something. I don't even remember. And they, they then I had the contract and then they, they disappeared and they pulled out on me. Um, it was one of two things. I think they probably just knew my heart wasn't in it. You know, I, I was going to take the money and I thought it would be good exposure, but man, my, my heart wasn't in it. I got to be honest. It was either that or they just knew I wasn't very influential in the barbecue world. So let me ask you this better did question. You get that? Uh, yeah, of course I did. I'm not. I'm not even going to dignify that for one second. Um, when let's say they didn't pull the contract out for whatever reason, they left it out there, and you said you were going to take it. You know, at what point where does the internal struggle take place, where you know what's good and and you know what Doctor Barbecue's brand is going to be out there endorsing, and on the other side you're like, man, it's 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 Burger King, it's one of the biggest chains out there and on top of that you know the cash is pretty good and now you have this internal struggle of am i gonna hold on hold on (laughs) i'll just host the show from here greg don't worry about it i think he had a left a dog in or something Okay, I'll just answer the question. Uh, yes, there is an internal struggle because you don't want to, you know, managing the the world of being Dr. Barbecue is something you want to think about and you have to uh, you have to be true to who you are. And that's probably why it fell through because I just, my heart wasn't in it. But from a business point of view, hey, sometimes you got to take the money. It's part of being an entrepreneur. But also, I think it was so far out there that nobody was going to take it serious. So I wasn't really that worried about it. Sandy was more worried about it than I was. I didn't think there was any anyone was going to take it seriously. So I was willing to do it. Um, and I would have had to shut my mouth for the extended period of time. That's how those contracts are written. Um, I also, one time I was almost the spokesman for the barbecue crock pot. Remember that thing? Oh, yeah. And, and similar thing happened. They pulled out at the last second. And I think, once again, they really just knew my heart wasn't in it. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. Sorry, Ray, I had to uh, take off there for because my kid fell down the stairs. Yeah, first, the show must go on, Greg. Yeah. I rolled through. First, uh, first time uh, with a house that actually has stairs in it, going from a, uh, a ranch house to a colonial. And, well, you know, sometimes kids fall right down the goddamn stairs while you're doing the show. Make sure nobody broke a neck. Uh, Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. Ask drbbq.com if you want to submit a question to us or drbbq.com, which is Ray's website. I, I hate to call out the general consuming public, but I'm going to. Why not? It's 2014, New Year. Let's keep insulting people. Are all of these offerings, you know, through the fast food and stuff, just lazy people eating substandard barbecue? And it doesn't have to be like that, right? I mean, you can put a little effort into it, make it at home, and enjoy something that's 10 times better than just going through a drive through line. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, but we're foodies. We're, we're barbecue guys, too. We're food freaks. That's what we eat. We want to have the genuine item of something. We want to have the real deal. Go Walk down the pizza aisle. You can buy a pizza for like $1.29 in the frozen food section, and, and throw it in your toaster oven, and people are eating those things by the millions. So it, to me, it's sort of an indication that barbecue has really arrived and become a legitimate category that people want to eat all the time. So I, I think it's a good thing. Oh, anybody that really wants barbecue and wants to know about barbecue, it's just like the pizza guy. People don't eat those. I don't eat those pizzas. I don't know if you do, but 
you know, you don't eat that and think it's real pizza, but it, it shows you how important that category is. So that's how I think it really is. You know, you look at all that. We've got it in the grocery stores, too. We talked about it before, that Jack Daniels stuff. And, and uh, um, there's, you know, everybody's got their name on some barbecue and, and the stuff's really not very good. Um, but I just think it's a compliment. People want barbecue and they don't know how to get it. They don't know how to cook it. And there it is in front of them and they buy it. All right, Ray, a couple minutes left, and of course we're going to be talking with Heath Hall at Pork Barrel Barbecue in about an hour and going over his 2013 list of 25 most influential most influential people in barbecue. Noticeably absent, one Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy. How dare they? You don't have to address that at all. I know you're much bigger than that, Ray, but did you have a chance to look over the list, and what did you like and what didn't you like? I did look at the list. I did follow along. I, I think it was a really smart thing for Heath and those guys to do. Um, was, I wish I'd have thought of it. You know, it was a great idea. Um, it's it's tough. How do you possibly, there's no real black and white criteria for who's on that list and who isn't. So, you know, they did the best they could. Uh, I, you know, good for them. I, uh, are you exercising? I'm sorry. Yeah, I had an itch. <laughs> Um, you know, they did what they could. Oh, whatever. I, I really think John Marcus, I was glad to see John up there. Hi, John deserves it. Um, you know, without, without, would there be barbecue pitmasters without John Marcus? Probably, maybe, but probably not. John has driven that bus from day one, certainly deserves to be there. Uh, Myron, you know, God bless him, man. Myron is the hardest working man in barbecue. I, you know, he, he certainly deserves to be there. Um, it was good to see some of the old names on there. Uh, you know, it's good for everybody. I like seeing it. Um, you know, congrats to them. Ray Lampy joining us here. Again, it'll be the first Tuesday. I almost said Monday. First Tuesday of every month for our Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Again, check him out at drbbq.com. Ray, appreciate you helping me kick off the new year in style. And uh, we'll look for you again next month. Always a pleasure, Greg. You take care. All right, you too. There he is, Ray Lampy, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Barbecue. Look at this class act taking the high road when a lot of people were like, man, that Ray Lampy fellow should have been on that list. Good for Ray. All right, uh, Kevin Bevington, Home Barbecue, coming up right after this. Also, creator of Outdoor Cooking Channel. Again, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, trusted online retailer of this show, longtime supporter of this show as well. I speak with Fred quite often, and he wants me to make sure that you are still aware of what is happening over at his store in, I would dare I say, tropical Shillington. <laughs> Nobody's saying tropical. And it was like negative 10 degrees here today before the wind chill. Tasty Licks is carrying Kamado Joe cookers. Meadow Creek cookers, spices, sauces, accessories, many of these items already in stock, ready to ship to you directly. Have you been looking for Oak Ridge brines and rubs? Have you been looking for the complete line of Plowboys rubs and sauces? How about Smoke on Wheels products? Tasty Licks has them all, and of course you know by now the Tasty Licks barbecue is your grit of your Grig BB, your big green egg headquarters, including many items for the egg you can't get anywhere else. And these big green egg parts are in stock. Fred uh, contracts with people... And the mind is always working with the smoking guitar player. Not only is he writing award-winning songs specifically for the show and competition barbecue, but he's thinking, what would make the Big Green Egg better that's not already out there? And he finds these people, they contract together, and he gets these accessories made that you can't get anywhere else, and they're ready to go. Also, Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply now carrying uh, Harry Sue's new chicken rub. He's got the big injection makers out there, including my guy, Butcher Barbecue, Dave Bosca, 
carries the Barbecue Guru, their associated accessories, of course, the uh, Green Mountain Grills. He does classes. I believe he's got a big class that is uh, going off in two months' time, if I'm not mistaken. I forget who the pitmaster is going to be out there in Chillington, but it's going to be top name. I'll get that information for you. It was like last call on Twitter and the Facebook recently. And attention teams, Tasty Licks, your competition headquarters as well, all supplies for competition teams, pans in different sizes, aluminum trays, gloves, thermometers, turn-in boxes for practice. Make it your one-stop shop. TastyLicksBarbecue.com is the place to go. Head on over right now. Enjoy the videos that Fred puts up, and there are plenty of them to enjoy. And don't forget that Tasty Licks manufactures their own lines of rubs and sauces as well. Got to try those. When you order, drop Fred a line that you heard about him on this show and let him know you you appreciate the uh, support of the show. You're going to support him right back with your order. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're back with Kevin Bevington right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Noise Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. All right, we're back, 877-448-0433, Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. Uh, my thanks to Ray Lampy for joining me last segment. You know, you might recall at the end of last year, we had two great races for Team of the Year, one in KCBS, one in FBA, and the FBA decision to me was one that I really couldn't wrap my brain around fully, and I got into a discussion with my next guest about uh, to kind of work through some of this stuff, and we went back and forth through emails, and I said before, I was like, hey, let's stop. Let's do a little segment on this, a little lunch and learn, if you will. So let's go ahead and welcome back the creator of the Outdoor Cooking Channel, pitmaster of Home Barbecue Cooking Team, Kevin Bevington, joining me here on the show. Kevin, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. How are you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous, Kevin. Uh, happy New Year to you. Yeah, same to you. Thank you very much. Uh, Kevin, let me ask you a question here before we get into this stuff where you make me look like a complete idiot. Is it uh, home BBQ or home barbecue? Well, it, obviously either way. Some, it, you know, it was BBQ, but some people call BBQ barbecue. And for the people uh, that really know you, it's just home. <laughs> no, I, no, not really. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> there were some contests where they actually did uh, theme music and uh, – I remember one time they did Home on the Range. Oh. <laughs> we, we go to the stage. Wonderful. Uh, Kevin Bevington. Yeah, wonderful, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, Kevin Bevington joining me here on the show, creator of Outdoor Cooking Channel and uh, HomeBBQ.com, of course. Um, Kevin, I was talking to Jim Elser towards the end of the year last year for competition. There was this big race of uh, Team of the Year at Florida Barbecue Association, and obviously – uh, you know, you're well-vested and, and knowledgeable about uh, FBI on a number of different levels for a lot of people that don't know. But we just, I don't know if we disagreed or not, but I just couldn't understand this. A, obviously I don't really understand how the points work, so we can probably work through that a little bit. 
But it seemed a little unfathomable to me to have a team who was in the lead at the end of the competition finish ahead of the other two teams, but one of the teams that was overall behind him because of some of the uh, the, the uh, meet categories, uh, better finishing, leaped forward and ended up taking team of the year, which was uh, Hot Watch Hulis. Uh So obviously congratulations to him, but... Just from a, an outsider's perspective, if, if you were me, uh, kind of inadequate with the brains, do you see where it seems a little awkward to me on how a team could finish like that and then not win team of the year on top of that? Yeah, I, I guess I can see that. Uh, first, I want to say congrats to Matt Barber. He, uh, if anybody's paid their dues, it's him. He's been around a long time. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was thrilled to see him win that. Uh, but, but, yeah, I could see that. I mean – but at no point is is that uh, based on total points. Where a contest is based on total points, and uh, the FBA Team of the Year is actually based on placement in categories and uh, overall. So that's where your difference comes. I mean, you, you obviously there was uh, I didn't see the scores of the contest, so obviously there was some you know maybe Jim was way ahead of Matt in one particular category. And that's why he placed higher overall in points, you know. But in the scheme of things, and and how it pl- how that placed in that particular category, it didn't play out the same way, you know. But you know, I, I see that you know a lot of a lot of times people want the drama, you know. They want that last contest to you know play out, you know, and and they like the drama of things. But the contest, you know, the last contest is done the same way as the first one. And it's not any more important than the first one is. And that's a that's a long road. I mean, these guys are cooking a lot of contests. You know, that's a huge investment. Um, it's a hell of a commitment. And, you know, so I think they I think there was, um, I don't know, 24 or 30 contests or whatever. You know, and that's I mean, to somebody to those that do this all the time. You know they're they're so used to doing it. But if you if you were to think about that and you know the amount of investment that takes and. Hmm. You know, just the, the time that it takes out of your life uh, to do that. That's a commitment. You know, so that, that award needs to encompass that commitment. Kevin. I mean, it needs, needs to be about that. So it needs to be from beginning to end and not necessarily be decided in, in one contest. Kevin Bevington joining me here on the show. I mean, obviously the point system between, let's say, a, a KCBS is uh, different than the Florida Barbecue Association why does the FBA point system work uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, eliminate the, the, the drama, if you will? Uh, and should other sanctioning bodies, if they aren't similar in methodology, uh, work towards something similar to this? I don't know that it eliminates the drama. I mean, it, the drama was the same. It just it, it was just wasn't total points. OK, and that's kind of re- really what I wanted to say was. Uh, you know, Jim finished up higher in the overall results of that contest. And in your mind, he should have won that. And it just wasn't about the overall points, the total points. So I'm not, I don't want to take away from the drama because you had, you had a number of guys competing to the end in that, in that race, you know, so um, there were a lot of people, you know, waiting, uh, you know, for the results, you know, so now, also, you know, KCBS has gone through changes throughout the years on on the way their team of the year, you know, points uh, were done as well. I mean, I don't, um, 
theirs were never about total points either, you know. So, um, you know, at one point it was, uh, you know, your best five contests. And then there was, you know, single, double and triple points based on the number of teams in those contests. And, you know, I did it one year. I don't know how many people, other people did it. But, you know, in, in 04, I only did five KCBS contests and I somehow landed in the top 10. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's that really probably shouldn't have happened. You know, that isn't really a, a you know, I mean, that it doesn't encompass in my mind what, what team of the year should be. So they, they did an overhaul and it, it rewards the uh, the ones that compete a lot now, I believe, you know, so that's really the way it should be. Right, so and there's other things that, you know, like in FBA, we did the, the Triple Crown, which was more of a tournament style thing, which, um, which, you know, had more drama to it, had more of the things that you want, like the Sam's Club has that, you know, with KCBS. Is team of the year now, uh, or you know, you said maybe maybe it shouldn't have applied to you when you when you did so well in those competitions, as far as the overall team of the year is concerned. But I mean, why should 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 a team? I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. Should you have to do like a, a minimum amount of competitions to really truly judge who the the team of the year cook should be? Like 20 contests or more. Uh, or, you know, why not if you go to competitions and if you only did five and you scored out of your mind on those five, is there not an argument to be made that you should be team of the year because you did five and somebody else did 40? Well, there's a lot of criteria, a lot of that <laughs> that you're kind of skipping over there that in terms of how things are scored. But I have to I have to agree with the second part of what you stated. I, ha- I mean, in terms of not saying there has to be a minimum amount of contest. Um, if, if one person cooks 10 and another person cooks 30 and he's able to compete on the same level, then go for it based on whatever criteria is there, you know, but, you know, I mean, but one thing has to be said, it's an entire year. I mean, it has to encompass that entire year and what the, you know, I know in FBA, what we tried to keep away from was not having somebody jump out in front. Next thing you know, you've got a one horse race you know, and then you've got no interest and you've got people not showing up to contests, that kind of thing. Kevin Bevington joining me here on the show. Uh, Kevin, you know, in staying with the Florida Barbecue Association, you've obviously seen it from its infancy. You were past president. What kind of a position is the FBA in right now? You know, what do you like that's good and, and what do you think might need a, a tweak or two to keep it going in the right direction? Well, I, I'm sorry to admit, but I just I haven't been keeping up with things like I probably should have. So it's tough for me to answer that question. I know FBA is more popular these days than they've ever been. And that's that's fantastic. So obviously things are being done right in order for that to happen. Um, I'm not I, I'm not real clear as far as how many members there are right now, but I know the organization has grown a lot and uh, um you know, it's it seems to have a huge participation now in terms of the amount of teams. A lot of great teams are competing now. Hopefully, I can uh, stop having these health issues and falling and you know breaking kneecaps or, <laughs> or whatever, to where I can get back out and 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 do this again. Um, I, I really would like to do that at some point. Here is jump back out and start doing this again. Could you see yourself doing a you know a twenty twenty five? event season uh, you know given the the health and everything well i mean the health has just been a series of unfortunate mishaps i mean i i did have 
you know, which stopped me from competing, I guess, in, in, uh, in 2008, I did have, you know, legitimate health concerns back then, which slowed me way down. And, you know, but, you know, lately it's just been, you know, accidents, you know, um, like this, this kneecap thing. And, um, you know, I had six months ago, I had another leg thing happen with my leg as well. So, uh, hopefully these things stop at some point and, uh, I'd like to get back out at some point. Kevin, let's quickly transition. I'm sure everybody in the FBA doesn't want you to do it because of the dominance that you had over there for you know uh, you know five plus year span. But nevertheless, let's uh, quickly transition uh, over to the Outdoor Cooking Channel with the remaining time. Um, you know we've launched it. Uh, we've had this uh, great uh, simulcast relationship for a number of months now, as you'd like me to say. Uh, is the channel meeting your expectations? And you know what's new in 2014 that we might be able to expect and enjoy in the months ahead. Well, I, I would like to see, I'd like to have more content and I'm going to stick it out there for you know anybody that's producing video or, uh, to please, uh, and you know, they want to get it in front of a lot of people to, uh, please get in touch with me. But, you know, things have been a little slow in terms of, of me. And I think I, I'm, I'm to blame with like say this, you know, the mishaps that I keep having here, but, um, you know, one real positive thing has been the Roku channel. I mean, it's just under ninety thousand subscribers now. Wow, uh, which is which is pretty huge. And um, I, I think you you knew I did a a holiday um, outdoor cooking section on there, and that was that was uh, actually a really a huge success. Got a lot of views in there. And in two thousand fourteen, I, I I'm really looking at distribution, looking at apps, and getting a more um, more places and uh, that's that's really kind of the my focus is uh is getting more apps done and getting uh uh getting more distributed uh in that respect are you surprised kevin that with the outlet that you have the viewerships that you're attracting and, and the different platforms that you can watch on now and obviously you're looking to even grow on that that this show the barbecue central show is the only live show on the channel and perhaps is that not a testament to not how awesome this show is, but how unawesome the rest of the shows out there in the barbecue <laughs> entertainment world is? I, I, I'm not going to say unawesome on anybody, but what you do is hard, and not everybody can do that. So, you know, hats off to you. That's for sure. A Pork Barrel Barbecue put out a top 25 most influential list in 2013. Did you have a chance to look at it, and did you do you have any thoughts? I, I did look at it, and I, I haven't. I didn't follow it, you know, so it's it's a tough judgment call for me. I'm not sure what all went into it. So I, I that was really the first time I had, I had seen it uh, when you pointed me to it. I think the number one pick, uh, I agree with 100%. Okay, so which I, I believe if I understood that right, he was talking about the, the backyard cook, um, which I agree with 100%. And I, I saw some names. I, I certainly agree with being in there. Obviously, everybody's got their opinions on who should be where and so forth. I, I noticed a, there was a noticeable absence of you or me on there. That was for sure. Yeah, what the so, hell? Jeez. <laughs> Crazy. You know, I, but, you know, all kidding aside, I, I, there's some others that I, I thought probably should have been in there. But, you know, that you know that kind of thing you know who knows what kind of criteria it took in terms of you know who made it on the list and uh, et cetera et cetera et cetera so um you know that kind of thing's a, a huge undertaking i mean he obviously did a, you know did a great job getting it up there and 
um, you know, like, like I said, I mean, there, there, you know, there were some people on there that I thought certainly deserved to be in there. Kevin Bevington is the creator of the Outdoor Cooking Channel. Of course, you can find that as you're watching OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Have, uh, Kevin, always appreciate the time, and uh, thanks for setting me straight here tonight. <laughs> thanks for having me on, Greg. You Take got care. It. There he is, Kevin Bevington. OutdoorCookingChannel.com and uh, HomeBBQ.com. Kevin had uh, really now, you know, Kevin and I go back six, seven I think it's the seventh year of the live shows or the sixth year, whatever. So I think right when I started, well, it was even before that, I was doing the, the recorded podcast shows when he was president of the Florida Barbecue Association. Two terms, I believe. Uh, at that point, he was three years into a five-year dominance of winning Team of the Year in the Florida Barbecue Association uh, five times in a row. And uh, one or two times, I think one year he was fifth overall in the KCBS and uh, he had one Team of the Year in the FBA. So, you know, for the folks that can remember back into the early 2000s, mid-2000s, when Kevin was really out there cooking, um, for the people that are being truthful, I don't know if there was a, a much better cook out there who was uh, being as dominant in multiple sanctioning bodies as Kevin was, uh, plus taking an active interest in growing the fledgling Florida Barbecue Association at that point. So I uh, always appreciate Kevin coming on and uh, great talking with him. Gang, if you are like me, you're always looking for ways to step the barbecue and grilling game up, right? Of course you are. That's why I have to tell you that you should be looking at Butcher Barbecue right now. ButcherBBQ.com. Order the fine products. If you need some type of justification, how about uh, looking at Dave's uh, competition results? How about looking at his success in business, his broad sweeping products like of course, those injections, the pork, the beef, the prime injection, of course, the bird booster. That uh, beef injection uses the, the award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your briskets juicy, and then they combine that with the competition standard in beef flavor. That turns into, of course, uh, the a prime injection, which you can get at ButcherBBQ.com. Of course, it is a go-to place for rubs and sauces. You have hit the mother load here. Friends, it's a brisket rub. It is... The Honey Rub, that garnered uh, a lot of attention when Dave was on. Is my... What the hell? Am I off? Am I off the air here? Am I on the air? It looks like the picture of him in the post office. Hey, what are you talking about? Looks like I just lost my interwebs connection. I'm still recording, though, so I'm going to go. We're going to do it live! That's right, the chat was more interesting. Now, uh, perhaps you're looking... Uh, again, the, the go-to rubs and sauces, of course. Last but not least, Butcher Barbecue, the uh, sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. And Butcher Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, and the right amount of back-end heat for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Uh, there's time, there's effort, and that's why the sauce is great. Uh, head over to ButcherBBQ.com right now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up right now. Again, that's ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue, always trust your butcher. Uh, we're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Back eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. David Qualls, Greg, do you wear a turban when you're not in front of the camera? Yes. Of course. All right. Damn it. Not good. Hold on. I'm going to uh, start and stop, as they say. Do a little start and stop action on my end. Maybe that uh, pulls everything in. There we go. Well, looks like I'm going to have to get in touch with Mr. AT&T. Can't, have, can't be cutting out like that. No, sir. No, sir. Hmm. All right, thanks to Kevin Bevington for joining me and uh, setting me straight on the team of the year stuff for Florida Barbecue Association. As many of you were saying on the uh, chat room, uh, it's a it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I get it. I'm just saying that as I'm looking at it as a competitor's point of view, that sorry, looking at uh, Kevin's email here, he's worried that all of a sudden I'm not there anymore. New house, new internet. We'll have to we'll have to see what's going on here. We might have to drop down in uh, bandwidth. Make sure that the connection is strong. I can't, I can't, man, I can't be dropping no damn internet. I can't do it. So I appreciate him uh, setting me straight there. And again, lots of good stuff to look forward to for the Outdoor Cooking Channel. If you are a budding Outdoor Cooking Channel show host, hopeful, get in contact with Kevin. Of course, uh, he's also able to put in the uh, pre-production stuff, which is, you know, 99.975% of all the other shows that are on here, except for me. I'm the only live show, which I'm a recording and so forth. <clears throat> oh, looks like Dave Boskin and Meathead are going to be uh, doing a show here soon. Great. Can't wait. It's going to be great. All right. Uh, we'll step away here real quick and reload for the second hour. We have a recap of Perry Sue's Backyarder, and then we have Heath Hall coming in to talk about the 2013 list of the 25 most influential people in the barbecue industry last year uh, this is the barbecue central show and you are listening and watching the barbecue central networks stick around I'll be right back board here for the really big barbecue show we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to fine how's it going 
You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate fifty four wieners. Listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Who? Top. Second hour. All right, there we go. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. If you want to jump in, more than happy to have you. If you uh, want a chance to win a twenty dollars gift certificate to the Barbecue Superstore, the BBQ Superstore dot com. Blast me off an email. Do it right now, and in the subject line, put something to the tone of uh, homebbq.com. First one in, twenty dollars gift certificate, just like that. How about that? Coming up, still tonight, we have Steve Botkin from Outlaw Barbecue and Taylor Jonathan and Kevin Schallert from Rooster Q. We'll be talking about the Harry Sue's Grooving Backyarder competition. Uh, of course, in this show, there was a lot of talk uh, during the course at the end of last year about uh, the importance or non-importance or the benefit or non-benefit of backyard competitions and of course, Harry was a big believer in putting on backyard competitions, and uh, he did this one towards the end of last year. And uh, from all accounts, a very big success. There was a lot of things that happened in that event that wouldn't normally happen in a traditional style event. So we'll get to talk with Taylor and Kevin and Steve about their experience and uh, maybe some of their best takeaways and things that they were able to, to uh, put together. Uh, winner for the $20 gift certificate is Phil Luswick. Phil, look at you. Phil wins. Winner of the chicken dinner. Let me write down Phil. And you win $20 gift certificate to the thebbqsuperstore.com. You don't need to send me any shipping info. I'll forward that over to Richard Parker, and he will take care of you. Congratulations to you, Phil, and as always, thank you for listening. Also on the show next week, making his triumphant return to the show, it will be a monthly, uh, a second Tuesday of each month appearance. Plenty to talk about and catch up. Meathead Goldwyn will be rejoining us. I believe he's on a four-month hiatus from the show. Meathead, what the hell? You and your damn books. Over the break, I'm wondering if anybody saw this. I'm pulling it up right now. Let me see if I can get over to the screen here. Did you see this? A fight over barbecue sauce lands couple in jail. Yeah. 
this was actually written on December 26. However, Dateline Denbo, Pennsylvania, Denbo, Pennsylvania, a Western Pennsylvania couple found themselves in prison on Christmas Eve after a fight over barbecue sauce. What? Get that big stuff out of here. The Washington Observer reporter said Tracy Lee Giffen, 42, and her boyfriend, William Ballas, 56, got into a fight after Giffen forgot to bring barbecue sauce home from the store. State police at Bell Vernon said Giffen bit Ballas on the nose and hand, and Ballas struck Giffen in the eye during the struggle. The fight happened at the home in Denbo, Washington County, at 10 p.m. Tuesday evening on Christmas Eve. The couple was arraigned early Christmas morning, and simple assault and harassment charges were given. A January 7th court date was set for the couple. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Get that big stuff out of here. Uh, we don't have anything better to fight about than barbecue sauce. How does that speak to our industry? These two people are casting a black eye on the barbecue industry. Or perhaps people would look at it as, man, these people are really passionate about barbecue. So much so that, man, if if you don't bring that barbecue sauce, things are going to get out of control quickly. And if I might add, you know, that lady is throwing down. She is biting eyeballs and punching faces, biting noses. Nothing, what I've always, growing up, what I've always said, nothing better than spending Christmas Eve in the stir. Love it. That's where I try to end up every Christmas Eve. What can I do? To get my ass thrown in jail. I know. I'm going to beat my woman down over barbecue sauce. You know, it's like the old saying goes, man, if I've told her once, I've told her a thousand times. Don't forget my barbecue sauce, damn it. Get that big stuff out of here. Hey. Hey, woman. Go to the store and get my barbecue sauce. Don't forget it. Or you're going to get them beaten. Damn it. And then... 15, 20 minutes later, passes. Here she comes home. Uh, let's see. I got this. I've got that. Um, you know, all of a sudden she gets home. She puts the bags down. Hey, hey, Kathy Gifford, where's my barbecue sauce? The fear sets in. This is playing in her mind. This isn't going to go well for me. Oh, this isn't going to go well for me. Um, Ed? I forgot the barbecue sauce. Oh, no! We suck again! Woman, I told you, don't forget my barbecue sauce. Now it's on like neck bone sucker. Get that big stuff out of here. And then that's where the beating begins. Watch out. But she's not having it. She's jab, jab, right hook. He's poking her in the eyeball. Ow! Woman, I told you, don't forget my barbecue sauce. I'm going to have to poke your eyeball out. Don't call the cops. It's Christmas Eve. We're going to end up in jail on Christmas Eve. Santa doesn't come 
to visit bad boys and girls in the Hoose Cow, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you didn't know that. Hoose Cow. I don't know if uh, anybody's listening to me, but Dave Bosca is breaking down beef cuts and instant chat. It's a classic instant chat here on the Barbecue Central show, by the way. Um, wanted to give you an update from the case since it happened for being the very essence of douchebaggedness. They were both given the electric chair on New Year's Day. They go. Get that big stuff out of here. Not really. I think the last live show, I wanted to mention this. There's a Facebook friend of mine. I have thousands, and you don't. Facebook post from Steve Ray that said, Hey, I agree with you. Don't buy the cheap cooker, because that's like my thing, right? When people ask me about what cooker should I buy and this, that, and the other thing, I always say, look, obviously you're going to have to set a budget. Undoubtedly, you're going to have to set a budget. We all know that. But go to the high end of the budget. You know, don't do yourself a disservice and buy cheap because it feels good in your head and in your heart. But when you actually get the piece of crap back to your house, it performs poorly. It makes subpar food. No matter how well you're doing it in advance, the actual cooking part, which, you know, now taking out of your hands, you know, if the apparatus can't perform well or doesn't have good vent or whatever the case may be, you know, there's a, there's a problem. So, I don't know. What can I tell you? And then we have angry people not winning the uh, the gift certificate. It's got to be the first one. It's got to be the first one. So, anyway, take some of the Christmas money. If you're going to be buying a cooker, you know, buy a Weber Smoky Mountain. Don't buy a $40 charbroil. Uh, buy the Weber gas grill. Uh, don't buy the bottom end Fiesta or Thermos that you get at Target for crying out loud. Unless you only want it for like two months. You only need it for two months. Fine. You know, buy the cheap and get rid of it. But if you're going to really be using it and you want to be able to uh, keep some type of heat control and maintenance over it, and you want to find uh, replacement parts for it in a fairly easy fashion, going. Not high-end, but going mid-end is a, is a good entry point. You'll thank me for it later. So, uh, Steve, uh, learning that uh, I am speaking the truth. Now Meathead and Dave Bosca are uh, holding court up. You two should be doing your own show. It can be called, uh, I have the name for the show, Butcher the Meathead. I like it. A recap of Harry Sue's Grooving Backyard Contest coming up right after this. Folks, if I've told you once, I've told you again. Arno Smokers is a custom pit builder combining innovation, the art of, uh, well, I'm sorry, the art of innovation in each of their cutting-edge off-style and vault-style barbecue pits. Located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth, Granberry has been home to Arno Smokers since the beginning. Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning, both on the design level and the quality of the craftsmanship, to bring their customers the finest custom pits on the market. Now, if you have been looking for a custom pit without the hefty price tag and weight of some other manufacturers on the market, make this your first choice. I mentioned you heard about Arno Smokers on the Barbecue Central show. 
Receive an additional discount off the already low price. And for more information, follow the link to their Facebook page, which can be found on uh, my homepage, the bbqcentralshow.com. Click on their logo at the uh, bottom right or visit the links page or the sponsors page, and that will get to, you, to their Facebook page. Or you can uh, do this instead. Uh, email Billy Overton, B-I-L-L-I-E, underscore R-O-Smokers at yahoo.com. Or you can email Tony Belay. His email address, Tony, T-O-N-Y, underscore R-O-Smokers at yahoo.com. Or you can email both, or neither. Just uh, visit their Facebook page. Don't forget, again, uh, check out the Facebook page regularly. They're doing weekly drawings and giveaways from their barbecue partners as well. So you don't want to miss out on free stuff, because we always know that you guys love the free stuff. And again, you can uh, get to their Facebook page by visiting my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. There it is right there. And then find their little logo on the homepage, Arno Smokers, or visit the sponsors page or the links page on the Barbecue Central page, and uh, you can link right over to the Facebook page. Arno Smokers, proud sponsor of this show. Happy to have them aboard. And uh, if you're looking to not have to wait around but get a really great-looking pit that performs well, why not give Arno a look? I know Jambo Pit is as hot as they come. You know, why not check something else out? Shop around, folks. The best thing about being American is being able to shop around. All right, we're back with uh, Steve Botkin, Taylor Jonathan, and Kevin Shallert. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. My next guest took part in the Harry Sue's Groovin' Backyarder event middle of last month, which uh, Harry was on this show prior uh, talking about it. Uh, joining me are the pitmasters of the Grand Champion Reserve Grand Champion teams. Please help me welcome Steve Botkin from Outlaw Barbecue and Taylor Jonathan and Kevin Shalert from Rooster Q. Gentlemen, uh, appreciate you joining me tonight. Uh, Steve, if we could start with you while we got you on, uh, maybe a little okay. background about yourself, um, you know, kind of how you got into this whole barbecue uh, event thing. Well, basically, um, I've been barbecuing for 30-plus years, and about four years ago, I took a Harry Sue's uh, Pitmaster class, and... What happened? I about six months ago, I was making my own barbecue sauce because put my barbecue and my sauce together. It's really good. And out of the blue, I got this invitation from Harry for his contest. So I thought, you know what? Let me try my sauce in the contest. Let's see how I do. I'll put it all together, and I won the grand championship. So it really solidified you know what i've been doing with barbecue and now i'm jumping into the circuit but uh, but initially steve just getting into it was uh, finding harry sue's uh barbecue 101 class and jumping from there yeah wow. that was it 
Uh, Kevin, what about you? Uh, what what drew you into the competition barbecue scene? Yeah, I I've loved it. I've loved to cook for years. Um, I'm pretty young. I'm like I'm 24. But I, wow. me and my buddy Taylor, who I'm also on the team with, have always had like or gone out to try to learn how to cook different things. And Taylor had been working as a barbecue caterer for a while, and so we took Harry's content or class last December, and had honed in some of our skills um, over the last year. And then when Harry announced his contest, we just jumped in as an opportunity to try to see if we had learned. Uh, the technical aspects uh, the the right way, knowing that the flavor profiles are so important based on judges. We wanted to see where where like professional judges would rate our food versus just our friends after a few beers. Uh, Taylor, uh, similar to you, did you uh, jump in after taking his uh, class, or did that where the, the passion come from, or have you been around barbecue previously? Well, in college, I used um, some of my summers as a way to do catering um, with this guy who basically travels around during the summer and does street fair type of things. And so I learned the basics, you know, just throw meat on fire, no, no flavor profiles other than smoke and wood. And from there, we just kind of did backyard cooking for our friends. When we saw the invitation for the um, competition after we took the class about a year ago, we thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of see where our food uh, goes with uh, everyone else's um, in a competition. Uh, Kevin and uh, Taylor, what uh, what do you guys cook on? Are, well, are you guys uh, going to be uh, competing together like here on out, or do you guys have separate teams and you just joined forces for this uh, Harry Sue's event? How does that actually work out? Yeah, so we, we both have two Weber Smoky Mountains and two Coops, and we put all the barbecue stuff in the back of our cars, and drove out to this competition. We're hoping that maybe in the future we can get a couple more competitions under our belt, depending on what kind of equipment we have. Um, but I've actually, two weeks ago, I cooked with um, Ira Pupko from Hog Heaven Sauces and did a competition just to kind of learn some uh, extra things that we didn't get from our competition and more of a um, big circuit end of the year you know the pressure is on, kind of thing. Uh, Steve, what are you uh, what are you cooking up? Well, actually, for the contest for Harry's, I just went to ordered online Home Depot this vertical Brinkman, and my background was a technician on the space shuttle, so I took this thing, modified it, got it all groomed in tune, and I said, you know what, this will work, because I didn't have anything to you know take to the contest. So I did a lot of practicing at home just to make sure that, you know, it worked the way I wanted it to. And, you know, when I got to the competition, it's lightweight and it worked. <laughs> so this is uh, just something you made uh, more or less from scratch? No, no, no. I bought it from Home Depot online, but I had to modify it so everything works perfectly. Like I had to put a heat damper in at the bottom so I don't have too much heat going up on the left side so it's all even um you know drilling holes putting latches on um just you know so it'll work in the competition steve botkin taylor Jonathan, and kevin Shaler joining me here on the show outlaw barbecue and rooster q um uh, respectively uh, guys back at uh, rooster q here uh, prior to this event uh, have you guys ever ventured foot into uh, whether it be a traditional KCBS event or any other type of uh, backyard barbecue event? 
nothing for competition. We've been doing some catering lately. Uh, we we did the uh, Harvest Festival for Heartstone Vineyard Day, produced the grapes for Saxon. We did some charity stuff for a couple of different land trusts up there at Santa Monica Mountain, but nothing that was judged uh, with any sort of like refined, uh, purposeful palate. Uh, Steve, um, prior to this event, had you done any type of competition barbecue before, or was this the first one? This is the first one. And but you said you were uh, making your own sauces and you're marrying up your barbecue and your. Were you ever looking to to get into a business of barbecue, or just uh, the sauce was just something you like to do on the side? Well, my background, I I run a restaurant teenager, but with barbecue and my own sauce rubs for some reason this all happened months ago sauces and rubs but you know 30 years old i've been smoking uh turkeys and briskets and uh pork and so forth all came for me uh taylor and kevin let me ask you uh, in an overall sense uh, this uh harry sue's grooving backyarder event uh what did what was your biggest takeaway? What did you like about it? And and I guess so. Uh, aside from already having taken Harry's class, which obviously is a, a big advantage um, or, or at least a learning curve ramp up, uh, what were your biggest takeaways from this event? For me, the biggest highlight was the community. Being able to jump into a share sort of enthusiasm for barbecue and then the making people happy to come to barbecue was fantastic. Harry had curated a group of mentors, uh, seasoned barbecue vets that are so generous with their background and their knowledge and helping guide us through some of the little things that um, might have been foresight sometimes. So that was great. And then the judging style was also really cool because it wasn't like a turn in your food and then get a score back from the other end a couple hours later. You're able to really see what uh, the judges' views on it, different things that they were taking apart. So from that, I know I've done some practice cooks since then, and my cooking has uh, gotten just numerous times better just since that, just from that feedback. So I think that feedback was really cool. Uh, Steve, your biggest takeaway from the weekend? Oh, definitely the feedback. Because, you know, it, it, was, it was nice to have the judges walk up to you and look at your preparation and give you a little tips and tricks. But I think one thing that really helped me was Danny Kugel of uh, Pit Bulls up at the school. Yep. This is where I really refined my cooking techniques. And then, of course, with competition and getting to meet the judges and watch them score you, that, that was the highlight for me. You know, that's uh, funny you mentioned that, Steve. Let me stay with you here just for a quick follow-up. You know, a big draw to this event was that out loud judging that took place. Uh, obviously, you're saying it was very beneficial to hear, but, you know, as you're kind of watching everybody else get judged, were there uh, any people that seemed to be a little bit put off or offended that they thought they did a lot better than how their food was getting judged? You know, that's the way it seemed to me, you know, but everyone that I see took constructive criticism uh, with a grain of sand, and they'll use it on future competitions. But overall, it was just a great learning experience for everyone. 
Uh, Taylor and Kevin, when you were uh, getting that constructive criticism back, uh, obviously, uh, again, you said, uh, just like Steve, you were uh, pretty appreciative of that. Was there anybody that seemed like they were a little put off uh, by being told their stuff maybe wasn't as good as they thought it was? I didn't notice that, but it was definitely a little bit nerve-wracking when you you present your first-time box and all these judges who have been judging for years are looking at it with, you know, kind of a look that eh, they're not really sure. And then um, they take a bite. They don't really say anything. They give you some feedback. And, you know, one of the things on our chicken I was really nervous about because chicken's hard to cook. And, you know, they're everyone's biting through really nice, and I'm, I'm pretty happy and give you feedback and say, oh, you could have done this, you could have done that. And then I get the scores back, and we scored a perfect 180. So <laughs> it's hard to tell from their – some of their feedback if you hit it or not, but it's definitely a lot more beneficial than seeing numbers on a paper afterward. It was also hard to know what other people were thinking with the format. We we were we come into the judges' tent for the few seconds that we were presenting, but with uh, three meat cook in that few time, you're spending almost all your time at the grill. So you would jump there, and it was certainly nerve-wracking, especially for us because we had our family and some of our friends there, so we didn't want to be embarrassed. But it was hard to know what, um, if anybody else took the feedback uh, more personally um, because we, we would jump in, and then it was instantly back to the next meet. Steve Botkin from Outlaw Barbecue joining me here on the show. Also, Taylor Jonathan and Kevin Shallard from Rooster Q. Grand Champ and Reserve Grand Champ, respectively, at the uh, Harry Sue's Groovin' Backyard event that took place last month. Uh, Steve, if you decided to go back again next year or if Harry was even going to host it again next year, what changes do you think that you would offer up uh, or uh, suggestions you would give to Harry to make it an even better event? All the suggestions. I would like to have more teams. Don't ask me why. I just thought what we had, I think we had 23 was nice. But I would like it to be like kind of full-fledged Kansas City style up to 50 teams, but with uh, prize awards, catch awards. Uh, what about you guys uh, from Rooster Q? If you if you went back again next year or, or from your experience last month, uh, things that you might like to see tweaked up a little bit or, or added or changed? The one thing I would have really liked to see was maybe an overnight camping situation. It was just kind of difficult getting there at 5.30 in the morning and, and not really knowing where you're supposed to be. It's completely pitch black, and you're trying to set up your equipment, and you're supposed to have a meet turned out in a couple hours, and you still have everything frozen in your cooler. And that was one of the challenges we faced with having to show up at that time be nice to set up the night before, get a good night rest, and have everything ready and prepped to go in the morning. If you guys, uh, let me stay with uh, Taylor and Kevin here. If you guys uh, had to cook a brisket, if they took out tri-tip instead and said, okay, well, you know, it's going to be brisket instead, uh, would that have presented uh, as much of a challenge as a tri-tip? Would you have felt more comfortable or, or less comfortable? Because obviously the next step from here would be considering going to a, a traditional uh, KCBS contest. Well, um, tri-tip allows a couple hours of cooking time. A brisket is sometimes 10 hours or more with resting time, so you would have to do an overnight cook for a brisket, and um, that let this contest go early in the morning with the tri-tip only. 
We certainly, uh, Kevin here, we certainly have less experience cooking briskets just because of the time. But I don't know if it would necessarily be something that would keep us from getting into the contest. I think brisket's got an advantage over tri-tip because brisket, you kind of know what the judges are going to want. Tri-tip was, uh, we didn't actually do as well in our tri-tip. And part of that reason was we, uh, we cooked the tri-tip that we thought had a really fish and flavor profile. But um, I, I think that there's kind of like a wild west out there with tri-tip as far as expectations for flavor. So um, we really had a blast cooking it. But I think our, the next step, step will be the case to be us where we can try uh, more defined flavors. Steve, if they uh, took the tri-tip away and, uh, and offered you your brisket, do you feel just as confident, uh, or, or did you not feel confident with tri-tip? What did you think about the, the protein on that aspect? Oh, the tri-tip was cool. I knew I could uh, pretty fast. So what I did uh, probably a couple days before, I set out a time schedule to cook all my proteins. So you throw in brisket, I can cook that just as well. I just need a little more time. Yeah, obviously a little bit more time. Uh, but again, you guys were kind of as uh, as uh, Stephen Taylor. I'm sorry, uh, Taylor and Kevin said that you guys were a little bit uh, time restricted just uh, for that course of the day. So unless everybody was cooking hot and fast, uh, we probably wouldn't get a, a traditional size brisket done in that amount of time, given the rest and all that other stuff. Um, aside from the Harry Sue's cooking class, which everybody's taking here on the roundtable. Uh, Steve, you ever given any consideration to, to taking an additional uh, class, whether it be through a different sanctioning body or uh, a different pitmaster? Well, actually, like I said earlier, Danny Kupel from uh, Pit Bowls Up in Smoke, I took his class uh, two weeks prior to Harry's uh, competition, and it helped me really get a good edge, you know, on this competition. Uh, Taylor and Kevin, any uh, consideration of additional cooking classes? Um, what do you think? I love taking cooking classes. It's actually one of, uh, like, a hobby of mine. So I've only taken the one barbecue class, but I'm excited to take more. But every, like, I travel a fair amount internationally, uh, and whenever I travel, I try to take a local cooking class. So in the same, in the same note, as I try to travel more throughout the United States, I'm going to add barbecue cooking classes. It's just part of my trip. Uh, Kevin and Taylor, if uh, you guys have any thoughts or uh, hopes of making a great YouTube audition tape and getting on Barbecue Pitmasters at some point, is that a, a goal at all? I think that would be really cool to do. I know Steve um, submitted something, and I was thinking about doing something. I think um, a little bit more experience in that type of cooking and barbecue in general because the Pitmaster show is set up it's kind of random. You get random meats and usually two different meats. So, and it's not usually the same KCBS for meat category, but kind of an offshoot of it sometimes. So just taking more classes or getting more experience and just barbecue alone would help a lot. And I, I love the idea of um, putting together a YouTube video thing for it. I think it sounds like a blast. I, I've always heard that I have a face for radio, but I, I could try out YouTube. <laughs> yeah, uh, you and me both. Uh, Steve, any thoughts about uh, trying your hand at uh, Barbecue Pitmasters at some point? Well, actually, I got my second interview after I sent in my tape, Ooh. and I'm just hoping to be the wild card for California. Is that... I'm trying to think of the, the best question to ask here, Steve, so I apologize for my lack of asking. 
Is it uh, is it just to say that you were on? Do you want to try your hand against some other pitmasters? Uh, would you hope to potentially parlay it into billions and billions of dollars? Like, what's the what's the win for you to be on? The win for me is to compete with the, you know, the winners of Q. I think I can go pretty good today and give them a good run money. And I wouldn't parlaying that into a nice barbecue uh, company. Uh, we're talking with Steve Botkin, and uh, we're also talking with Taylor Johnson and Kevin Chandler from Rooster Q. Uh, they are the reserve grand champions. Uh, Steve, obviously the grand champion from the uh, Harry Sue's Backyard event from last month. Uh, guys, before I let you go, and we'll start with Steve, uh, anything you'd like to promote, uh, websites, Facebook pages, or anything? Yeah, uh, my team is Outlaw, registered folk barbecue associations, and my website is outlawbarbecue.com. And uh, you guys from Rooster, Taylor and Kevin, anything that you'd like to uh, promote or anything that you're selling, anything like that? We're not selling anything, but we just want to encourage more young people to get out there and, and try their hand at competing. We had a blast being the youngest people out there by 20 years. And we think if more and more young people get involved in this community, it could really uh, light a fire underneath it. No pun intended, of course. Uh, I, I absolutely don't. Uh, Steve Botkin, Outlaw Barbecue, uh, Taylor Jonathan, and Kevin Shallard, Rooster Q. Uh, guys, really appreciate you being on tonight, and uh, good luck in a future barbecue competition. Thank you. You got it. Thank you, Greg. There they are. Three budding barbecue superstars, Outlaw and uh, Rooster Q. Am, am I back? Am I off again? You gotta be kidding me! What? Am I off? Can somebody see me? You gotta be kidding me! Yeah, back on for me. All right. I don't know. I didn't change the quality of the video. It's still the same old crappy me, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I do have the ability to tell. When I drop the internet's because of the radio side of thing, I get a little thing that's like one of those little beep, 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 and then it drops down like I'm having a heart attack. Uh, let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest sponsor of the show located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the barbecue guru. A gang, maybe you were thinking about getting a automatic temperature control device for Christmas. Maybe you didn't get one. Don't delay any longer. Maybe your gift giver wasn't that great. Do you buy yourself your own gift from the Barbecue Guru. Now, maybe you're not familiar with how these little beauties work. Uh, I don't like getting into the minute details all the time, and I'm not going to do it here, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of it today. This is the technology of today and tomorrow. Maybe you're a busy working professional. Perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids and doing errands and quite frankly you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperature the guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done and the barbecue guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at there are currently a number of different models to choose from you have that CyberCube wi-fi if you don't want to go super teched out you can go cyber q2 there's the digiq dx2 and of course that new unit the party q at $129 for most cooker party queue, easiest point of entry into the pit temperature control device world. It's a self-contained package. It runs on AA batteries. You can put it on a Weber Smoky Mountain. You can put it on a uh, 
charbroil cooker. You can put it on uh, even a Weber kettle grill. And if you uh, spend an extra 10 bucks, you can get a special adapter while you put it on any of those ceramic cookers as well, like the Big Green Egg, the Primos, the Grill Domes, the Bubba Kegs, whichever version of Bubba Keg you might have. What the hell is that noise? Scary noises in the basement, people. Scary noises. Uh, so there you go. It's uh, the Barbecue Guru, thebbqguru.com, or call them toll-free, 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Uh, we'll battle it out with Heath Hall coming up about the 2013 25 most influential people in barbecue. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. My final guest tonight created a scent of controversy a few years back with the introduction of the first barbecue-scented fragrance called Q Cologne, and just before the end of uh, the year 2013, generated a whole new level of controversy with their list of the 25 most influential people in barbecue. Oh, they also happen to be a very successful business and barbecue competition cooking team, so let's race over to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue. Heath, how are you, buddy? Good, man. Happy New Year. How's it going? Happy New Year to you as well, Heath. And I am trying to find your picture up here. Give me one second here. Locate screen region. There's Heath right there. And, oh, come on. Computers are the worst when they don't work, Heath, I swear. Man, oh, man. There we go. Look at that. Handsome fella if I've ever seen one. All right, so let me immediately stick up for you in regards to this list in a general sense. You know, I assume that you and Brent sat down and used some set of criteria to devise the list and agree or disagree with it. You went out on a limb and you made your choices. You guys put yourself, you put the brand out there to take both the praise and the hits that you probably inevitably knew that would come. And not like other sites for like people of the year by voting is left up to like a, a popularity contest. I mean, that's all BS, right? I mean, you guys did it the right way. Men with testicles saying, this is what we think and, you know, like it or suck it. Well, yeah, you know, we last year we traveled as far west as San Francisco, as far south as Mobile, Alabama, uh, as far east as New York City, and as far north as Rochester. So we pretty much hit all uh, parts this country this list kind of came out of our conversations with people all kinds of events from barbecue competitions we cook to the food shows to the grocery store demos we do uh special events that we do um just to con in conversations in general uh, as we're traveling around the country um you know we pull into a gas station our smoker on the back of the truck and a lot of times in conversation and uh, so a lot of this list came from uh, those experiences as well as just our own personal experiences with uh, many of the folks on the list and uh, many people within the barbecue world uh, and, and what they, uh, you know, had, had passed along to us in conversation. 
it's certainly not the only list. Um, I bet if you had 100 people do this list, you'd have 100 different lists with probably somewhere between 100 and 125 different people making the list at least once. Heath Hall joining me here on the show. But, you know, the, the list, kind of like for uh, your opening up conversation, you're trying to obviously generate clicks and get people to go to the website, but talk about what's happening in the industry and, and maybe about some people that you think are influential uh, uh, to you guys at Pork Barrel. Yeah, you know, for us at Pork Barrel, you know, there's two guys on that list that particularly come to my mind. Um, Rod Gray, uh, he kind of took us under his wings early on in our competition life, and we had the opportunity to cook contest with him um, and learn from him. So we certainly uh, have been very much influenced by him, as I think uh, I've never taken this class, um, but I know, you know, hundreds thousands of folks out there have taken this class uh, and have become very, very successful as a result of it. So I think Rod is one. Uh, and then on a more business-related area, the person who's probably been most influential to us in our company uh, has been uh, Sweet Baby Ray, Dave Raymond. Uh, Dave, of course, you know, uh, has uh, a, a track record in the industry in the barbecue sauce world. Uh, no longer owner of Sweet Baby Ray's, but it today dwarfs any other barbecue sauce as far as sales and volume um, and being the most popular barbecue sauce in the world. And uh, Dave, uh, not just for us, I know a number of other folks in the industry that Dave has taken a personal interest in and been very influential in seeing them hopefully have the same kind of success that he was able to have. Um, but an example of, you know, 25 people not being very many, another guy on our list would have been Pat Burke. Uh, a lot of people maybe don't know the name Pat Burke, but they certainly recognize the name Mike Milton. Pat was Mike's partner with the Apple Barbecue team when they won uh, so many Memphis and Mays and uh, just had, uh, you know, something like they won 100 contests out of 105 contests they cooked or something like that. And uh, we met Pat our first time cooking Memphis in May, and to this day he remains one of our key um, influencers. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of people on the list, I think, that are influencing the overall world of barbecue, um, not just the competition area. You know, obviously, John Marcus has allowed for barbecue uh, to find more of a prominent place on television, which is still one of the uh, most important influencers out there in the general public. And I think that's one important thing to note, too. You know, there are only a few thousand of us hardcore competition barbecuers. <laughs> there are tens of millions of backyard barbecuers, tens of millions of, of home cooks that uh, maybe fire up their grill once or twice a month. And uh, I was looking, you know, who are the people in And, you know, a lot of people don't know John Mark in that realm, but they're watching his shows, and when we see him, they start talking to us about people like Tuffy and Myron and Johnny and folks that they see on that show. And so, you know, I think John Marcus not only is expanding the reach of barbecue, but he's growing a lot of officers out in work, like the folks I just mentioned. Uh, Heath, let me uh, drop you real quick, and I'm going to call you right back. Uh, okay. All right, hold on one second here. See if I can get a better connection. I was hearing it on my end, but maybe you weren't getting it as good. I don't know. You hear me there, Heath? I can hear you. All right, perfect. Um, so I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, so was there, like, no hard and fast criteria where things needed to be met in order for people to get on the list, per se? No, we listed 
very, very first post on blog, we listed a set of criteria um, that included everything from, you know, contribution to the growth barbecue in America, Ebony, you know, is it somebody that's, that's brand new um, or is it somebody that's been around for, for, you know, years and years and been able to continually uh, have success in barbecue? Um, innovation, you know, uh, somebody that has, uh, like the Jamie Gear, for example, on the list, uh, he's definitely been an innovator as far as smokers um, and uh, folks out there uh, desiring, you know, a Jambo and, and others, you know, using some of the things that he's come up with in, in their own. Um, so innovation is important. Obviously, competition success, um, you know, professional success. This could be anything from restaurants to uh, gadgets to smokers and grills to books. Um, name recognition uh, was one of the big, you know, factors. You know, someone like a, a famous Dave, you know, uh, probably one of the most recognizable name barbecue just uh, as a result of, of the successes of his restaurant his uh, um, you know being on television quite frequently with commercials uh, the financial impact of barbecue you know somebody like uh, uh, Ronnie Cates for example who on the list uh, he has totally taken um, competition barbecue to the next level as far as financial for for us uh, comp competitors and that allows competitors that maybe in the past wouldn't have gone out there to go out there if they're successful um, that then translates to the restaurants or barbecue sauces or rubs or books um, so I think that uh, you know how are you impacting the the world financial uh, of barbecue um, and you know the, those are kind of the basic ones that we, we looked at and as I said uh, it was also a combination of our travel and conversations around the country Let's talk about a couple of things that really seem to piss people off. Uh, one was, why not? Yeah. Oh, why are you trying to blow my thunder just like that? You know I'm going to get to that. So now let's leave that off to the side for now so people forget about it so I look like a hero coming, uh, circling back around. The, uh, I call them the groups. Uh, backyarders winning number one. Uh, competition cooks uh, being somewhere. Uh, barbecue judges. You know, people uh, don't like the... The mass uh, pick of people, uh, evidently they want to see a little bit more individuals. Why the groups of people? Yeah, well, I think those three individual groups have a huge amount of influence on the world of barbecue. You know, starting uh, from the judges going to, to number one where we picked the barbecue, uh, backyard barbecue, you know, we couldn't do what we do every Friday, Saturday, Sunday around the country um, throughout the year if it weren't for the volunteers who give their time uh, to come out and, and judge contests. And uh, a lot of the people that are on this list, a lot of the more influential folks in barbecue, and many of them that that uh, could have easily been on this list that didn't make the list, they wouldn't have the careers and the successes and the influence that they do if it weren't for some of their uh, successes on the competition circuit. If there were no judges, there wouldn't be that, that success. And I, I wanted to, uh, and obviously they're the most influential people for, you know, the 25 to 100 teams on Saturday um, turning in their four categories uh, in the world of barbecue for us. You know, uh, judges, they're the, our fate every, um, you know, every weekend on every category. And so I wanted to include them uh, you know, as a way of recognizing what they uh, do to the, for the sport of barbecue and uh, in a greater sense of, of what they do. You know, as we mentioned a little bit earlier with Ron Kay, the financial impact, how 
what what kind of competition barbecue has led to. Uh, the competition cook, you know, they're uh, a huge factor in, in a lot of product out there. You know, what smokers and grills are selling, what uh, sauces and rubs are selling. A lot of this has to do with the, the guys and gals out there every weekend that are trying the new flavor profiles, testing new products, um, and making some of them sink and some of them swim. Uh, you know, and whole new industries have been created uh, around, um, you know, different gadgets that we use on, on the weekend. Uh, you know, you mentioned the barbecue guru. Uh, uh, you're one of your great sponsors, great, great guys up in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what percentage of their products are versus competition, but you go to any competition, these, I bet 80% of the folks out there have a guru or something similar to it. Uh, so that I think is important. And then number one to me was a no brainer. Uh, you know, I, there's a few thousand of us competition cooks out there. There's a few, you know, probably um, more thousands of, of, of sauce and restaurants out there. But there are millions and millions of people that are backyard cooks. Um, 317 people in this country, I think, guys, if I remember right, in 2011, the uh, Hearth and Patio Association did a study. And how many people uh, in this country that year barbecued at least once, um, you know, so uh, th those are people coming and going uh, in stores, purchasing sauces, coming to restaurants, watching the TV shows, reading um, you know, the, the publications and such. So uh, without the, you know, the, the backyard barbecue, there would be no Weber kettle. There would be no, um, you know, sweet baby rays. There, there would be none of the major financial influencers that, that exist today because of them. Right now, uh, no surprise that sitting at number two, Bobby Flay got probably the most reaction as being like, whoa, uh, I, I I saw a lot of this. I agreed with everything up until number two, and now everything sucks. I mean, you make one bad choice or one controversial decision, and the list is you know now in muck and mire. So if I'm playing both sides of the fence here, you know, look, I, Bobby Flay generates the most – lightning rod attention of somebody who shouldn't be people feel like he shouldn't even be associated with it that he has somehow uh hoarded out or just kind of attached himself but is no barbecuer or, or griller by any stretch of the fascination people don't like his attitude or the way he comes off now look i'm a new yorker i was born raised in new york maybe i just understand his demeanor and attitude. I also know that he's very big in the ponies, and you know I love the ponies, so we have that thing going for us as well. I don't, you know, maybe in years past, I could actually make a case for him being number one, maybe multiple years in a row with the efforts that he had on the Food Network and the cookbooks and all the uh, different products that he had out. I don't necessarily have a problem with him being at number two, but people really had a problem with him being at number two. Why yeah. number two? Well, I think we could add all the other people, you know, individual people that were on that list, um, taking away the three kind of groups. So the other 21 people, add them together, and they, they probably don't have the, the influence that him as a single individual does. He clearly has the biggest platform in the, the food world uh, right now, um, being, you know, one of the two or three biggest names on the food network, certainly longevity, you know, he... Uh, it goes way back to the beginning of the Food Network in the early 90s with that. Uh, uh... 
Oh, and we're out. Get that big stuff out of here. All right. You know, it's that damn jerky beef. Yeah, totally go. All right. Sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not. Yep, again. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Heath. Yeah. You yeah. There? Yeah. I just dropped out. All right. Can you you hear me? I uh, well, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure where you uh, what you last heard, but I was just basically saying that you know I think Bobby Flay his reach far outweighs anyone else in, in the grilling barbecue industry. That was another thing that we should talk about. Is, you know, how do you define barbecue? That was a big discussion that came out. Is barbecue only low and low, uh, you know, in a whole hog or a brisket? Or is it being in your backyard, something as simple as throwing a hot dog on, on the Weber kettle? You know, I would argue that barbecue is as much a, uh, a verb as it is a noun. You know, it's about getting together and, and a community, telling stories, catching up with friends and family. I uh, don't it necessarily has to be, you know, hanging out for 24 hours while you cook a, a huge chunk of meat. Um, so I think, you know, even when he's grilling, I, I would that he's barbecuing. I think that the vast majority of Americans would probably define barbecue as something in the realm of hot dogs, hamburgers, and steaks, as, as much as that pains all of us, probably. Um, you know, I mean, they're not thinking of a 20 pound brisket. Um, so I think, uh, that, uh, he, his reach is just so much further out there than anybody's because platform, he has some of the most successful uh, books and, you know, his most recent show barbecue addiction, which I, I, I find it to be a really uh, interesting show. He's got, um, a really, uh, great number of, of smokers and, and grills that he's using out there. Everything from green eggs to weapons to an Argentine, grill and uh you know i i think he's innovative using just the same um you know regular spices and flavors we expect from barbecue you know the traditional flavors which i love but i also love that he's taking um these items and putting spins on them a lot of them uh, you know are expands from other parts of the country um and so to me you know, I, I think that if if we were to ask a hundred people and we were to list all 20 names that we on there there's no question in my mind that he would be recognized by uh, um, twice as many as probably anybody else on that list maybe, you know maybe a famous who's on tv so uh, would be up there but uh, i really think that uh, and, and, and you know i know people have some issues with his personality i've, I've met him a few times and he's been uh, very gracious to us um has given us some great tips and advice and uh, i think he inspires a lot of backyard barbecues Heath Hall joining me here on the show, and you can find him at Pork Barrel Barbecue. That's uh, porkbarrelbbq.com. And, of course, you know, the rubs, the sauces, all doing extremely well. Uh, Heath, we're, uh, we're running out of time. I knew this uh, topic would be taking up in a firestorm pace, uh, but I appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, kind of working through that list with me, and we'll talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks for having me, and Happy New Year, buddy. You got it. Happy New Year to you as well. Heath Hall, ladies and gentlemen, from Pork Barrel Barbecue. Anybody see me? Anybody see me? 
All right. Uh, no iGrill Mini tonight. By the way, I want to tell you, if you won a free iGrill Mini in those uh, five giveaways end of the year, uh, I do have a note into iDevice. And I will uh, try and get a time frame on those. I don't know if those are technically uh, out for sale yet or not. Uh, but we will see what we can do. Uh, the iGrill, of course, uh, is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that pairs with your Apple or Android device using the free iGrill Pro app, which can be downloaded in the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store. A Bluetooth range up to 200 feet. You can monitor your food from practically anywhere in the house. It gives you the free time to do what you want, when you want to, the assurance that the food is being cooked perfectly. Go watch the game, have a beer, have four, mow the lawn. Shovel the driveway. iGrill's got your food covered. iGrill has dual probe capabilities, so you can monitor two different pieces of meat at once. You can also measure the ambient temperature of your smoker or grill using the ambient temperature probe that can be purchased at iGrillInc.com. Now, with the, max, uh, with the app, you can set minimum and maximum temperature settings. If your grill or smoker gets too hot or too cool, your smart device will alert you. If you enter promo code CENTRAL at checkout, you get 15% off everything at iGrillInc.com. Don't forget they also offer free U.S. shipping on all orders of $50 or more. The free iGrill app for iOS has Facebook integration, so you can upload your pictures of what you're cooking right to the Facebook iGrill page. And the app also has a globe feature, so you can not only see yourself, but all the other iGrillers out there in the whole wide world. And don't forget, for half the price, that's right, $39.99, you can get the iGrill Mini. It has everything you love about the iGrill, but so much more. With smart LED that indicates the progression of your temperature and lets you know when you're in and out of temperature range, proximity wake up, and an outstanding 150 hours of battery life. It's great. You go to iGrillInc.com or iDevicesInc.com slash iGrill to order yours. Happy to have them. We'll wrap up this show coming right up next. Stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. Now I'm sure everything's fine, right? Uh, audio's good, video's good, what have you. Apologize. Um, we'll try and get some of those technical issues worked out. Patrick's iGrill Mini arrived Christmas Eve. Of course it did. Santa! Uh, quickly, let me get out of time. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Appreciate that. Kevin Bevington, outdoor cooking channel creator and home BBQ.com pitmaster, home barbecue. In the second hour, we had... Our talk with uh, or the roundtable of the uh, Harry Sue's Groovin' Backyard event. Uh, Steve Botkin, Taylor Jonathan, and Kevin Shalert. And we close the show with Keith Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue talking about the 2013 most 25, uh, 2013, 25 most influential people in barbecue. A big show planned next week. I will try and get these technical internet issues resolved and we will all be moving forward. Great to be back. Great to have you in the saddle with me. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. And, man, I just, just love being with you guys. All right, we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Peace out, Girl Scout. We are out.